Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Okay, y'all ready to get in the Word today? Great, 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 great. As, you, as many of you know, if you were here last week, I, I kicked off a series on readiness. And uh, we talked last week about how important it is to be ready for Jesus, to be ready to meet the Lord, whether when you pass away or, or when the Lord comes. And so what we did last week is we, we took, started taking a look at some passages of Scripture that talks about the coming of the Lord, that talks about the end times. And it's important to remember, you know, um, the, 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 one of the core tenets of our faith is Christ's return. I mean, it's, right, it's, it's one of the main tenets of our entire faith. What, that, that, that Christ died for our sins, that Christ rose, and that Christ will come again. And I think a lot of times we kind of, because there's some uncomfortable things in talking about the return of Jesus and readiness in the state of the world, we just, we just don't want to go there in our conversations, okay? But we need to go there. And we need to have some uncomfortable conversations because where we're heading and in the world today, we are, we are in very serious times. And as a pastor, I want to do everything I can to make sure that you understand that and that you are ready whenever Jesus returns or when you go to meet the Lord. Can I have a good amen to that? It's very, very important. So real quick, and then we'll pray. Just a little bit of review from last week, and you need to get online and listen uh, to the message last week. But last week, uh, we talked about our theme scripture for these messages. Above all else, everybody say, guard your heart. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And we talked about then all these parables, like we're going to, in stories and, and scriptures, like we're going to look at today, that when Jesus talks about re- being ready, he talks about the state of your heart. You have to guard your heart. Your heart has to be ready. You have to be careful of not letting your heart be weighed down and worries and pressures and pain and the deceitfulness of riches. You've got to guard your heart. And we talked about that that actually is a major component of being a disciple or having discipline in your life. When we have discipline in our life, what we do is we put boundaries, basically a structure around our heart for readiness and growth. And here's what we talked about with discipline. Discipline provides a structure for readiness and growth. That's when we're guarding our heart, we're providing a structure for readiness and growth in our heart. Think about just like, you know, if you're gonna, a a plant or any kind of shrub or tree or anything, if you're gonna grow that, you can't just throw it out into your backyard. What do you have to do? You have to provide a structure You have to get a pot or you have to get an air and you've got to dig and you have to get that thing in a structure so it can grow. And then if you provide a structure for readiness and growth in the Lord in your life, then obedience, that's right, obedience is not a cuss word, okay? Then obedience becomes just a whole lot easier, okay? And we we talked about obedience and kind of a a definition of obedience uh, on a broad scale. Obedience is being God-directed, not self-directed. And when we look at the end times and when Jesus is talking about people being ready and people being obedient, what happens is those people that aren't ready, 
They're living a life that's self-directed and not God-directed. So I want to kind of pick up where we left off last week, and we're going to look at Matthew 24 and 25 today. And I've entitled this message, Uncomfortable Conversations. Uncomfortable Conversations. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you that you love us. Lord, I thank you that you have uncomfortable conversations with your people because you love us and you want us to be ready. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Awesome. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to just kind of go over this first part of Matthew chapter 24 just to give us some context. And then we're going to pick up and begin to read in verse 32. Okay, and what Jesus is going to do here in Matthew 24 and 25, listen, he's talking about the end times. He kind of starts off in verse 3 with chapter 24, and he actually talks about before the tribulation. And let me, let me just give you some framework for the end times. Remember, I'm doing a series on eschatology in January. How many of you are excited about that? I'm going to give you a... Because it's so important. It's so important. You understand the, the three judgments. It's important that we have a framework for the return of Jesus and we have some kind of framework for eschatology. I like doing it in January too, you know, because it's kind of like we're starting the year, we're beginning the year, we're beginning with the end in mind, helping us get a good eternal perspective and kind of set our hearts above the sun as we talked about a, a couple of months ago in that series but I'm gonna do, I'm gonna explain a lot of these things in much more detail in that series in January, okay? But what Jesus does is he talks about kind of these, these beginning of sorrows right before the tribulation. What is the tribulation? The tribulation is a seven-year period. This is out of the book of Daniel, Daniel's 70th week, that is also known as the day of the Lord or Christ's return, or as the Jews look at it, the, the coming of the Messiah, okay? Now, this is very important. The return of the Lord has two components. It has what Daniel calls a morning and an evening. The day of the Lord, that seven years, it has two components, a morning and an evening. What is that? That is Jesus coming for his church at the beginning. That's called the rapture, or what the Bible calls the catching away. And then there's the evening part of his return, which is Jesus coming with his church to execute judgment or the final judgment upon the world and to set up his millennial reign, okay? This is the age of the Messiah. And so that's why you see in the New Testament, Jesus talking about what are the signs of the end of the age, the end of the dispensation of grace and the beginning of the age of the Messiah. Is everybody following me? Okay. Just look at someone near you and say, he'll explain it all in January. Just, I gotta get you. I gotta get you somewhere. Okay, so look. I'm gonna kind of paraphrase till we get down to, to, to verse 32. So Jesus talks about, they're, they're telling him, hey, what's gonna be the sign of these end times, okay? And Jesus uh, says, you know, there's gonna be a lot of deception. He says there's gonna be wars and rumors of wars and all these things, very interesting. He says, nation will not rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That word there actually means ethnos or ethnic group or races. 
There has always been racism. There has always been ethnic wars, but I think we would all agree, especially in America, there has never been a time where there has been more tension between ethnic groups and races than there is now, okay? And that's a whole nother uncomfortable conversation that we need to have. And I'm telling you right now, in February, right after the, the End Times series, we're going right into a conversation on that. We're gonna do a diversity series, and we are going there. We are going all the way there. And this is why it's so important. I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna go there. We're gonna, we're gonna go there. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about white privilege. We're gonna talk about black power. We're gonna talk about everything that you see and hear. L listen, here's what I'm trying to say. There's white privilege. There's black power. But there's God's people. You hear me? And watch. Your, 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 your color and your race and your ethnicity, it's very important. You are black, you are white, you are Hispanic, but you are a Christian first. Do you hear me? You are a Christian first. And that is a filter. You're a, you are a Christian first, okay? So watch. Yes, we're Americans, or if, if you are from another country, okay, you're American, but you're a citizen of the kingdom of God first. And in these times, if you don't have that filter and that boundary in your heart, it's going to be so easy to be swept away um, and not be able to be a light in a very needed situation. And that's what that series is going to do in February. Come on, we're going to be a light. There's going to be news stations here, I'm telling you. I'm stirring the pot in February. Get ready. Because this is our, t listen, this is our time to be a light. There's only real peace with Jesus. And Jesus, that's the beauty of the cross. It's just the beauty of the blood of Jesus. It's just so awesome, man. God, I, I believe that the church in this last season, however long that is, man, we have such an opportunity to be a light to show people the love of Jesus. And uh, we're gonna be part of that. This church is gonna be part of that, okay? So, uh, so look what he says here. He says, look, there's gonna be famines and earthquakes and all these things. All these things are the beginning of sorrow. So, so, so th this is talking about the beginning up to the tribulation. And once again, people say, yeah, there's always earthquakes. There's always these kind of things. Absolutely. But listen, never have we seen the frequency or the intensity, what are birth pains? Jesus says these are the birth, uh, what happens when, 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 when a woman is giving birth? The labor pains, what? They increase in frequency and intensity. You can go study that for yourself, especially go over magnitude like five. Go, go study what, how earthquakes have been the last couple of years and all the crazy stuff. And so here's what people say, because there's no denying it. What people say is, they say, well, it's global warming. So watch. I believe there is global warming going on, and that can be contributed to it. However, I do not believe it's just from SUVs and cow farts. I'm just saying. I believe those things can out add to it. Y'all didn't see that statement by the UN, the cow farts? 
Do those methane gases and those cow poots, they're blowing holes in that ozone left and right. They... Now, now y'all try to persecute me for being a meat eater. I'm trying to help the environment. Listen, listen. I'm pro-environment. I'm pro all that. But listen, if, you, if we don't have a filter of a biblical perspective, I believe that all those things can be ad- added. I'm a conservator. I believe all those things can be adding to that. But I'm telling you, there is something more going on than, than, than it's warming all right. I just don't think it's just that. I have a biblical perspective of what's going on. So here's what, here's what uh, Jesus says. Watch this. So he says, look, okay, so then he starts talking about, you know, the deception. He starts talking about, then he gets into the tribulation. He talks about kind of the first part of the tribulation. He talks about the middle part of the tribulation. Then he kind of talks about the end part and the coming of the Son of Man and setting up his uh, millennial reign. And then now he goes in, watch. Now he goes into these kind of parables, okay? And I'm gonna read you this one, this, this kind of as he's setting us up for this, but then he's gonna give us three parables that all speak to three different aspects of readiness, okay? He's gonna talk about the parable, he's gonna talk about a servant. He's gonna talk about bridesmaids or, or, or virgins, the 10 bridesmaids, 10 virgins. He's gonna talk about uh, servants, bridesmaids, and stewards. He's gonna give the parable of this servant, the parable of these bridesmaids, and then the parable of this steward, okay? And these are the three aspects of the solution. We're really gonna look at the middle one, the parable of the bridesmaids, because they all share kind of the same issue and the same solution. The issue is, because the Lord was delayed, there were certain people that didn't take his coming seriously. And we're gonna see why that was, okay? And the solution is also uh, the, the same, and we're gonna take a look at that. But here's the three things that you see in these three different parables, okay? Three aspects of being ready, okay? There is, um, there's being faithful. Can I have a good amen to that? There's being faithful, okay? Then there's being watchful. And then there's being useful. Being faithful, being watchful, and being useful to the kingdom. Once again, what we're gonna see is this is not about you doing works that are gonna give you salvation. You overcome by the blood of the lamb. What this is about is this. If you've been washed in the blood of the lamb and you've really surrendered your life to Jesus, then there ought to be internal motivation by the Holy Spirit for you to guard your heart and for you to be faithful and watchful and useful in his kingdom. Can I have a clap for that, all right? Okay, so look at this. So look at verse 32. Now, now, are y'all with me? Look, it says, now, now learn a lesson from the fig tree. 
When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things, you can know that his return is very near right at the door. I'll tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Once again, I'm gonna unpack this in January. Look at someone again and say, he's gonna explain this in January. But follow me here. I believe almost all theologians agree, I can show you this all over the Bible, that Israel is the fig tree. That's why until Israel became a nation in 1948, so many of these prophecies could not be fulfilled. Now that they're a nation, in, since they became a nation in 1948, that was the prophetic super sign. So here's what Jesus is saying. When that happens, which it happened, Almost 70 years ago, Israel will be 70 years old as a nation in May, this coming May. When Jesus says, when you see that, you see all these different things I'm talking about, ethnos, ethnos, and all, all this kind of, when you see all these uh, things happening, you need to know the time's near. It's where we're, we're, we're getting into what? The last generation. Okay, so that's why he says this generation will not pass away. So you think, okay, well, how long can a generation last? I, I don't know. I mean, that's what there's in the Bible, uh, it speaks of a generation as 40 years, okay? That's why that, there was a guy, some of y'all don't even remember this, but there's a guy, he came out with this thing, 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988. And that's because that was exactly 40 years from 1948 when Israel became a nation. But once again, that's one piece of a bigger puzzle. If you look back, there was just so many things not fulfilled, but watch. Other places in the Bible, Psalm 91, it says the generation of a man is 70, if by his strength, 80 years, okay? Israel turns 70 in May. The Bible says 70 or 80 years. And Noah, after the days of Noah, God said, uh, uh, the, the, basically the maximum age of man, so to speak, shall be 120 years. Okay, so that's another number God throws out there. And then you got the Hebrew calendar. So all that's to say, no one knows the day or the hour, but I'm just telling you, like Jesus said, when you see all these things, watch, and here's where I'm at. These signs in the, 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 the heavens, we, we, you know, it's so interesting. Like now we read about the coming of Jesus and how important the star was that the wise men saw and they saw that star and that was a sign. But now, oh, it don't matter what's up in the stars or the heavens. Just it's all whatever. It's just all science. Who do you think created science? Who do you think put those things into place? So this is what I'm trying to say. It is irresponsible and reckless, I believe, to just say, oh, whenever, whatever, you know, Jesus come back one day, whatever. What I believe, that's an irresponsible attitude to have in light of the way that Jesus instructs us in the gospels and in his word, okay? And so that's why in this series, we're gonna pause and we're gonna, we're gonna have a serious attitude about some of these things that Jesus is saying. And some of them are really uncomfortable. So look, in the days before the flood, people were enjoying banquets, parties, weddings, right up to the time Noah entered the boat. I'm gonna preach on that in January and that's not what you think it is. Can't wait for that. <laughs> On this message title online, I'm gonna put an asterisk and say, I'll just explain the rest of it in January. Okay, so anyway, 
Look, people didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Now look at this. It says, look, two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. Only one went to shine. One didn't go to shine. The one that went to shine was taken... I'm just kidding. Two women will be at the grinding fire. Look, won't be taking the other left. Okay, so watch this. I think this is a very direct verse on the rapture. Okay, I do not think it's talking about the second part of Jesus' return when he gathers out of his kingdom all things that offend and those that do a, a, a iniquity. Because here's why that word taken there means to receive as a companion. To receive as a companion. And just as in the days of Noah, what those that were in the ark, in the church, the true body of Christ, what were they? they were taken up above the floodwaters and everything else was swept away. Come on, how many of you want to be in the ark of Jesus? You want to be ready? So look, he says, look, so, so, so he says, look, you must keep watch. Don't be irresponsible. You must keep watch. Yeah, well, the people have been saying this you know, for forever. Of course people have been saying things like this, but you have to keep watch. You have to understand the times that we're living in, okay? He says, look, understand this. If the homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Now look at this. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna go over this real quick, then we're gonna hit the bridesmaids. I'm not gonna talk about uh, the, the parable of the steward today, but they pretty much all three kind of have the same message and just highlight different aspects of readiness, which is faithfulness, watchfulness, and usefulness. Okay, look, a faithful and what kind of servant? Sen sensible, responsible. He's not re sensible. Servant's the one whom his master can give the responsibility of manages, managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. How many of you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? That's why, look, there'll be a reward. That's why Jesus said, you read in Revelations, he says, I'm coming and my reward is with me. My reward is with me. He says this, I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all that he Owns The apostle Paul tells us that in the resurrection and in the next age, we're gonna rule and reign over angels. How about that? Yeah, y'all didn't know that. Some of those angels have been having issues too, okay? So anyway, but what if that servant, look, what if that servant is evil and he thinks self-direction? He thinks my master won't be back for a while. And he begins beating the other servants, look, partying and getting drunk. Let me tell you what this language means in the Greek. Beating other servants. It means to hurt or injure either physically or emotionally. It applies as much to hurting the inward person as it would the outward person. And what does the Bible tell us? That what the power of life and death is in the tongue, our words, what we say about one another, what we say about our fellow man. And we have never been living in an age where because of the hate and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, we have so many words coming out, hurting people, reckless, putting those words out. 
that were there. It, the, the, it says, look, he'd been, what he'd been partying and getting drunk, it means feeding your soul with worldliness to the expense of others. Feeding your soul with worldliness to the expense of others. Now look, here's what happens. The master will return unannounced and unexpected. He will cut the servant to pieces. Actually, that word means asunder. It means to cut in two. It means to bisect. It's one of the cruelest forms of punishment that was in the Old Testament. He will cut that servant to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So I just want that tension just to sit in. It's uncomfortable. But we need to receive the words of Jesus and let that tension do what God wants it to do. These are uncomfortable conversations, but they're necessary conversations or Jesus wouldn't have said that. Now look at the next thing. Now watch. The kingdom of heaven, don't worry, there's good news at the end. Y'all know that there is, there is good news at the end for some of y'all. I think all of y'all just watch, watch. You'll see where he's going because the solution to this is, this is the same. Okay, what does that mean? Well, does that mean you can lose your salvation? What, what, what is God saying there? Watch, we're gonna, we're gonna get there. And I think this is the clearest parable that speaks to the solution of all three, okay? The kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming, come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, look at this, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, the other five bridesmaids returned. They stood outside calling, Lord, Lord. Remember what Jesus said? Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father. Those who were God-directed not self-directed. They're calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. Look what Jesus says. He says, believe me, I don't know you. If you look that up in the Greek, what that basically means is we, uh, there's no, it's, it, 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 it's not speaking to head knowledge. Um, it's not speaking to a, a, a mental ascent. It's speaking to a personal relationship and, and intimacy. Jesus said, we never had a real relationship. And he says, so you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Now, real quickly, go back. Go back to the beginning. I've only got about 10 minutes left, but I want y'all to watch this, okay? First of all, this is obvious. It's talking about the kingdom of heaven. 
When Jesus came, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is here. If you receive Jesus, it's on the inside of you. It's where the lordship of Jesus is. It's all around us, but it will be fulfilled when Jesus returns, okay? Interesting, look what it says. There's 10 bridesmaids here, 10. What is 10 everywhere in, in the Bible? What does that mean? 10 is the number of testing. It's always the number of testing, whether it's the plagues or the days in, in, uh, for the church in Revelation or the 10 cities in Canaan. Anyway, the 10 is always the number of testing. That's why your tithe is what? A tenth. It's a test to see where your heart is. Is Jesus Lord of your life or not? It's a test. You need to let that sink in. Okay? There's 10 bridesmaids here, but this is the interesting thing. They were all bridesmaids. They all had on wedding garments. They were all waiting in some way, shape, or form or knew about Jesus' return. They all had lamps. When Jesus shut them out, the five that were foolish were like, Lord, Lord, like they were, they were confused. They were Shocked! How did how did how did these how did these other bridesmaids how how did they have this relationship with you? How were they accepted into the marriage banquet, and we weren't? Well, I think the key to that is what they were all bridesmaids, all had on garments, all had lamps, all ready, all that kind of stuff. And you look at the context, how Jewish weddings were. This is very common. The bridesmaids would be ready. They'd have their lamps. They'd have their oil, the bridegroom would come. It would usually be at night, but it would usually be around dinner. And what they would do is they would light their lamps and that would give them a way to see, to find where the bridegroom was coming in and then they could kind of make a, a lighted path, so to speak, to, for him to go into the banquet, okay? But in this parable, he comes at midnight. He comes late. It's been dark for a while. So they all have garments, they all are waiting, they all have lamps, but what is the key thing where there's a difference? Oil, oil. So they all have lamps, let's get it down to where the oil goes. They all have lamps, but only half have oil. So what does that mean? Let's go to a lamp where you never wanna define scripture just of yourself, you always wanna define scripture with scripture. So is there a scripture in the Bible that tells us kind of the spiritual meaning, like what does a lamp represent? Let's look at Psalm 119, 105. God says what? Or David says what? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a what? Light to my path. For the lamp to have light what does it need? It needs oil. So watch. They all had the lamp, but some of their lamps were not able to be lit. So what does this tell you? That the bridesmaids that had oil in their lamps, watch this. The lamp is the word of God. Not just the written word, but the word who became flesh. 
And what they had was, another word for revelation is light or to be enlightened. They had revelation that Jesus was the word made flesh, that Jesus was the savior, that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was the living word, that Jesus is Lord. They had that revelation, the others didn't. So how, how does that happen? How do you go from just looking at the Bible as a history book and a good guide and looking from Jesus as a historical Jesus or, you know, whatever, the Christian Jesus, to a risen Savior. You know what you have to have? It's what John says. You must be born again. That's when the Spirit comes in you. The Spirit comes in you, and it the oil, and it enlightens you, and you have the revelation that what? Jesus is alive. And this is his word. And now the light of Jesus shines in me as I have a personal relationship with him and know him. So what is what's going on with the other five foolish virgins? Well, if I could put it to where we live, I think I, I, the last I saw 80% of people in America profess to be Christians. In fact, I saw this stat. There's about 2 billion, approximately 2 billion Christians in the world that profess they are Christians. So they would profess some way, shape, or, war, or, some way, shape, or form that what, you know, that Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is the Son of God. But did you know only 47% of Christians believe that the Word is the inspired Word of God. Not literal, that's a far less. I'm talking about just inspired by God and inerrant. Not yet. Not yet. Only 47%, which is about what? Five out of 10. Five out of 10. Look what it says. Look at where it goes next. I'm almost done. I got like four minutes. Y'all gonna be glad y'all came to church today. I'll tell you that. Look. Keep going. Keep going. Look at this. Look, 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 look. Okay, look. This is fascinating. The five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. In other words, this. They saw what those bridesmaids had was authentic, was genuine. And they were like, give us, give us some of that. Come on, share, share, share with us some of that. But here's the thing about salvation. I can share with you a lot of things. You can't share my salvation. You have to have your own salvation. You have to have your own relationship with Jesus. I, I, can't, I can't share my salvation. You, you have to stand. You're gonna stand before God yourself. Look, salvation, it's not like a, like a group text. Oh, y'all going up? Hey, get me in on that. It's like, in fact, it's kind of like this. It was 
pouring down rain today? Give it up for our awesome parking team and guest services team. So some of you, what happened? You got out of your car and our, our parking team, what did they do? They said, hey, come, come share. Come get under this umbrella. You can share this with me. Listen, salvation, you can't come under my umbrella. You can't, I can't give you part of my relationship with Jesus. You have to have your own relationship with Jesus. You have to have your own covering with Jesus. You have to have your own oil. You have to have, that's why, what did Jesus tell the church at Laodicea? By the way, way to go coming to church on horrible weather, rainy days. You never know, maybe G Jesus might come back on a Sunday while it's raining. You know, like the, the ark, you know, raining outside, get in the ark, get in church. But that's, that's, that's why Jesus, what did he tell Remember the church at Laodicea, the lukewarm church? Where he said, I'll spit you out of my mouth. What he says, he says, I advise you to go buy from me. You're buying all this worldly stuff. I advise you to buy what really matters. That's true gold. That's true. He's talking about exchanging your life for a real relationship with him. That's where the true gold is. That's where wisdom is. Jesus has it all, but you have to have your own relationship with him. I want you to know him. And if there's one thing that we can see from all these parables, it's this. There's people that thought they knew Jesus, but they didn't. They maybe knew a historical Jesus. Maybe they knew a convenient Jesus. Maybe they knew a religious Jesus. Maybe they knew the Jesus that they heard about at Sunday school. Maybe they just knew the American Jesus because you know that we just, that's kind of our religion over here. They, 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 they knew that Jesus, but they didn't know the light, the living word, the resurrected real Jesus. They didn't have the relationship. And that happens when you're born again, born of the Spirit. So watch, what is the best way, watch, I'm, I'm ending here. It's my third and final close. Watch, watch, watch. Because I need y'all to process this, man. This is uncomfortable, but this is important. Okay, so what is the best, is there something in the Bible about receiving Jesus where we can be assured, okay, I'm, I'm getting born again. I'm, I'm receiving Jesus. And I think there's a key word that Jesus gives us right off the bat in his first statement when he begins to preach. And I want, want to put it up there. So Matthew, look at this. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say what? Receive, accept, but do we receive Jesus? Yes. Do we accept Jesus? Yes. Do we believe in Jesus? Yes. Do we trust in Jesus? Yes. I believe, though, many times we leave out this other key piece 
Because to me, this is what speaks of authenticity and sincerity and wanting a relationship with God and trusting Jesus for dying for your sins. Do you see? He says, repent. Let me tell you what repent means. And I believe this, when the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and it is, but when the kingdom of heaven is near, the fulfillment of that is coming, I believe repentance is a key. Repentance is a key to readiness. So what does repent mean? Repent basically means a changing of the mind. Remember this, you change your mind, God will change your heart. You have to decide in your mind. Here's what it is, watch. Repentance, it means I go, I'm being self-directed and all the things that go with that, I'm being self-directed. I repent. Lord, I stop, I change my mind. And Lord, I repent, I change my mind. I no longer wanna be self-directed. Jesus, I repent. I surrender to you as my Lord and Savior. I wanna be God-directed. Lord, no longer do I want my own will. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father. Lord, I no longer want to do my own will. I want to do your will. I go from being self-directed to being God-directed. When I make that decision in my mind with Jesus is going to be my true Savior and Lord, something supernatural happens. The Spirit of God, the oil, enters in on the inside of you as Jesus talks about in the book of John. And that wind of the Spirit comes in, and guess what? On the inside of you, you can't feel it, but on the inside, so it'll manifest in your emotions. Maybe not right off, but you'll, 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 it comes on the inside of you, and you're a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now you have the oil. It's no longer historical Jesus or religious Jesus. It's the resurrected Jesus. It's, he's your Savior. He's your Lord. It's called the new birth. And you can know right now it is simple. It is, I trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I turn from being totally self-directed to being God-directed. Does that mean you're perfect? Absolutely not. You're gonna make mistakes? Absolutely. But now my life is based on what? The light. And thank God, none of us are perfect or ever will be. Jesus was the only one who was perfect. That's why we have the grace of God. That's why we are in the dispensation. The grace fills the gap for where we fall short. Do you see what I'm saying? I wanna pray for you right now, and here's what I wanna do. I want no one leaving. I don't want anybody to leave. Just, you've got a few moments here, and I want you to process. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to, to just kinda of go into prayer mode, okay, for you. Don't think about your spouse or whatever's going on. Just go into prayer mode for yourself, okay? If you're here today, and you're not, listen, if you're here today and, and you don't even believe in God or whatever, you're just kind of investigating, first of all, you're not here by accident. And here's what I would say. 
I would say your prayer time, if you're not sure about all this, you just need to ask God to show you the truth and reveal the truth to you. But the good news today is we're in the dispensation of grace and these parables hadn't been fulfilled yet. And there's no reason why everybody listening to this message, watching this message, can't receive salvation and get their all right now and be ready for Jesus when they meet him. So I want you just to, there's two things I wanna ask you. First of all, if you are, you know that you've been born again, you know that you're saved, but you just say, Stovall, you know there's some things in my life, there's just been some sloppiness. And I just wanna repent this is not a salvation thing. I just want to repent of those things, man, because I, I want to be in a state of readiness. I want to have the joy of the Lord. Listen, here's the thing about it. You keep your heart in a state of readiness. These end times, they're going to be the most exciting, fulfilling times in your relationship with Jesus. God is going to bless you. But if you say, Stovall, I, there's just things in my life I, I need to repent of. I just want you to do it now. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. He's asking you to do it right now. Jesus, we just repent, God. We repent. There's things that we need to, we've been self-directed in. We just repent right now. We lay those at your feet. We thank you. The blood of Jesus washes us, cleanses us from all of our sin and unrighteousness. And I thank you for a fresh start today with all your people, Lord. We're gonna be ready. We're gonna be ready. We're gonna be faithful going to be watchful and we're going to be useful. And then the last group of people with no one looking around because this is between you and God. This is your own salvation. This is your own relationship with Jesus. If you'd say, Stovall, I don't know if I've ever really surrendered to Jesus. I don't know if I'm born again. I don't know if I've, maybe you've added Jesus to your life or you come to church some, you've never really surrendered to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you're ready to do that today. And I strongly plead and warn you to repent and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior before you leave this place. So with no one looking around, because this is the moment between you and God and your relationship with Him as I've talked about, if that's you, I want you just to slip up a hand really quick. Yes, yes, yes. I want you to raise it. I don't want anyone looking around. This is their relationship with God, not yours. We'll do, we'll do public declarations when we have a baptism in a, a few weeks down the road. So many hands are going up. Yes, 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 yes. All of our locations, if that's you, lift them, lift them, lift them, lift them. Yes, you can put them down. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. Come on, church, let's give it up for all the people that... And they're getting their oil today. They're getting Jesus today, man. They're getting salvation today. You're gonna be ready. You're ready for a life of joy and peace and power. Say this prayer with me. All of you raise your hand and just everyone, let's, let's say this is a declaration of faith before we go. Say this, say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. Lord, I go from being self-directed to God-directed. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus, I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I thank you I'm completely forgiven. I thank you I have everlasting life. 
I thank you for a fresh start. I thank you I'm born again. And God, I'm gonna be faithful. I'm gonna be watchful. And I'm gonna be useful by your grace and for your glory. In Jesus' name, I'm ready, Lord. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, let's tell God we're ready, Lord. We're excited about your coming, God. Come on, let's sing. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.